What's poppin'? This is for the bucket protocol with your man Dean Edwards. Vessi's not here, but my man Mike is in the building as always with the microphone set up at the sounds, man. Uh, it's, it's been <laughs> I'm laughing because Mike is he's like, how did you not tell me that you did Arsenio? Well, we'll get to that, man. Uh, I'm catching everybody up, man. We we put a lot of these in the can, you know, because the brother's on the road a lot. And so I wanted to make sure that we had podcasts so that we had something to drop every Wednesday. I think we're actually going to switch to Mondays because uh, our friends at our network, All Things Comedy, have informed us that uh, dropping these on Mondays actually gets better uh, traffic than on, on Wednesdays. So... Yeah, people have the entire week to soak up the sound of my voice. And so um, I'm not sure how soon, but we'll be we'll begin dropping these on Mondays as opposed to uh, on Wednesday. So we appreciate everybody that's been checking us out on Wednesday. Uh, just stay tuned um, for when we start dropping them on Mondays. All right? You can follow a brother on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook at I am Dean Edwards because that's who I am. And what's been going on, man? First, first off, you know, it's 2014. This is really our first, first real live joint um, in 2014, man. And, uh, and and a lot of things have occurred. Uh, number one, the start of the year, man. For for me as a New Yorker, native New Yorker, I'm very happy and proud to say that uh, that we sold out a couple of our shows at Gotham Comedy Club. That's a beautiful thing. And applause to me, cause that's exactly. I'm I'm real proud of that, and the reason the reason I say that um as anyone any performer you can travel the world and I, and comedy is has been wonderful to me. It's taken me as I've said in past um, podcasts that is taking me everywhere from from England to Amsterdam to South Africa, Cape Town and and Johannesburg and Durban to North Africa to Egypt to uh Saudi Arabia which I was supposed to I'm supposed to go to Saudi Arabia in a couple of weeks but the promoters stopped responding to my agent's calls which means that show is a dud. We just found that out yesterday. But that that's what happens when you deal with uh with new and somewhat janky promoters and and lesson learned work with the uh, People that always uh, show you love. Shout out to Luxury Events in Saudi Arabia and uh, Dubo Comedy in Dubai and all our friends in Amman, Jordan, and Qatar and uh, and the military that's brought us over to Qatar. Comedy's been wonderful to me, man. But there's so, let me tell you something. There's something wonderful about, regardless of if you're a comedian or an actor or a singer or a dancer or painter, whatever you do artistically, when you can come to, come home to your backyard and your backyard specifically happens to be the city that never sleeps, New York City, man, and you can win here. It's, I'm getting goosebumps right now, man. It's, it's a wonderful feeling because um, this is, to me, people always ask, uh, yo, you know, like when I meet new comics on the road or, or or comics, especially in like smaller, small town USA, be it Peoria, Illinois, to, uh, you know, Nashville, Tennessee, wherever you are, people always say, hey, man, yeah, I'm thinking about thinking about moving, um, and I'm not sure. You think I should move to New York or L.A.? And here's how I see it, man. New York City is like Shaolin Temple, 
right? If anyone that's ever watched the Kung Fu movie knows that the Manchus killed your father and your brother, so you have to avenge your brother's death. And the only way to do that is to go to Shaolin Temple and learn from the abbots and, and the, the, the monks that teach you the 36 chambers. Shout out to Gordon Liu. Uh, I'm a, as you can tell, I'm a big, I'm a big Kung Fu movie uh, Shaw Brothers fan. And so that, that, was my, that was my youth. And still, I still love watching those movies. And um, so New York City is Shaolin Temple because you learn to master your techniques, whatever you do, you know, in, in this respect, comedy, uh, I think you have the most comedy spots. I'm not going to say clubs. You have the most comedy clubs as well than any city because if I can run them down, you have the A, you have A rooms, B rooms, and then you have A comedy clubs, B comedy clubs, and then you have rooms. So A, A clubs would be, say, like, hey, cat, can you stop scratching that? Um, the cat was just uh, scratching the furniture. Got a problem with that. So um, you have you have Caroline's on Broadway. Well, I'm going to say you have Gotham Comedy Club because that's where I headline. Uh, you have Gotham Comedy Club, Caroline's on Broadway, uh, Stand Up New York, uh, the Comic Strip Live, uh, Broadway Comedy Club, uh, the Comedy Cellar, uh, no, I'm for, uh, New York Comedy Club, uh, where else? Uh, you have you have Dangerfields. I'm I'm actually I'm mentally taking a trip down down uh, from from the northwest part of the city to the to the bottom of the city. Uh, Greenwich Village Comedy Club. You have the Stand. Uh, I I named Stand of New York. So that was like eight right there, and I'm sure there are a couple of that I'm that I'm forgetting. But that that was eight right there, and then you have uh, the 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 clubs like the 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 Village Underground, you know, and um, uh, clubs that uh, I would say they they might do comedy every night. They might not. They might might only offer uh, comedy on the weekends. Then you also have uh, spots in the outer boroughs, you know, in Queens and Brooklyn. I mean, any anybody that came up in, in New York City comedy from say nineteen ninety three uh, up until I say like. 2003 or so. So for like a 10-year decade, man, we had we had a gang of clubs that you, you, you could just go and get on stage. Boston Comedy Club was like one of the classic spots down in the down in the West Village um on um uh that was on actually was it that might have been on East Third Street. That was on East Third. It was on it was or West Third. It was West Third between Thompson and Sullivan, I believe. And um this is a club that everybody came up in from uh, Dave Chappelle to, you know, myself, Keith Robinson, Patrice O'Neill, Todd Lynn, Rich Voss, Jim Norton, Billy Burr. Billy Burr when he was Billy, and now he's now he's mature, so he's Bill. <laughs> uh, Ian Edwards, you know, Red Johnny and the Round Guy, Sarah Silverman, uh, 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 Jay Moore. Everybody just came through that club, man. And the beauty of um, Boston in particular was that on any given night, you know, I was I was newer than some of the other cats. So on any given night, you just have people from all walks of life walking through the village. And there was a guy named Louis Schaefer. Louis Schaefer, not gay, lightly fruity. That was his his angle was was Louis Louis Schaefer. I think he lives in a he lived, he moved to England, but Louis used to he was the first sort of carnival barker that would fill your club, man. This dude would stand out on, on West 3rd and 
have this room packed on a Tuesday night at midnight, you know? And he was just, because he was just charming. He had that charm. He would watch watch people walk by and just read the situation. Mm. He'd see like a crew of crew of thug hard rock brothers from from Bushwick, you know, in East New York walking down. He's like, mm, I love black men, black men, delicious, chocolatey, chocolate, and, and get them laughing and say, you guys, what are you doing tonight? There are five of you. You know what? I'll give you a discount. Um, two of you have to pay, and we have everyone from from Dave Chappelle to uh, Louis C.K., all these guys you've seen on Def Comedy Jam, uh, Drew Frazier, talent. You guys love talent. Come on Sunday. And... This was the spot in the city, man. And so you 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 grew as a comic. I, I remember just going in there and you'd love sitting in the back of the room um, because you hear stories. You hear stories about the West Coast that uh, like when Jim Carrey and, and, and Sam Kinison used to roll together and hang out and Kinison's on stage while Jim is is uh, sitting in the back and Kinison, go, on a Tuesday night, Kinison goes into his A act when he should be working out and Jim just walks by the stage and throws a, throws a chair on stage and says, stop doing your, 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 your A-list material and, and work out, you know, and, and, and that's, I've heard stories like that. So that's, that's what New York was. Um, as far as Shaolin, you, you learn how to master your particular voice, your particular style, and you learn how to deal with any and every crowd from all over the world, man. You, you're, you're getting people, you're getting African students, from from uh, you're getting students from Africa, you're getting Israeli students, you're getting kids from all over the country, you're getting grownups from all over the country, all over the world, and so you learn that you have to, if you want your your comedy to be broad, you have to learn to address everyone and make your make your material more universal, universally oriented, you know. So um, that's that's why I love New York, and that's not to take away from L.A. because L.A. has a strong comedy scene too. I just Dave Chappelle said to me years ago um, after we did Def Comedy Jam, I was still Dave had been out there a couple of years longer than me, and we were talking about comedy. I was like, yeah, man, I was always wanted to go out to L.A., but I'm not sure. He's like, man, go to L.A. when they call for you. And I was like, worried. He was like, yeah, man, you know, just just work out, you know, build build your material, build build your build your, your act. And so that's what I did. And so that's that's why I say New York shall in L.A. is where you go to avenge your brother's death. L.A. is is the land of the opportunity. L.A. is where you go and you let your comedy or your whatever your talent is speak. Uh, for the people to respond. And sure enough, the first, the first time, first two times I went to LA, first time I think was um was to tape premium blend. They shot it out at UCLA. And the second time was to test for this uh this sketch comedy pilot that I didn't get, which wound up making me prepare for SNL. So Chappelle, Ch- Dave Chappelle was correct. I gotta send a shout out to Mr. Chappelle. He actually said to me, he's like, yeah, man, Dean, Dean, you're the first dude I ever heard do me. You do, do an impression of me. <laughs> These are years ago. Um, so, yeah, man, um, you know, it's, it's mid-January, and uh, and I did, I made the media rounds, man. I, I was, I did any and every radio station, every, I think we did Good Day, New York. We we did, uh, we did Power 105, shout out to Angela Yee and Charlemagne the God and Envy. Um, cause those are my people from back in the days. And I love the fact that even though they've, they've definitely gotten a high level of success and it's still growing, 
they they let a brother come on and promote his shows and and um and I got a lot of hits that I forgot that their uh their radio show shoots and and records and they they put it up online that week and I got a lot of uh you know love and new followers off of that um you know shout out to Hot ninety seven because I was running late from Power one hundred five to get to Hot ninety seven and so they had to um Rosenberg and Cipher they had to bounce on me but. They still got they they got love and and I couldn't be mad at that. I understand, you know, who am I for them to sit there and wait a, a half hour, you know? Um, you know, where else I just did oh uh um did my man Artie Lang show, got to see my my buddy Mike Buschetti, who who I hadn't seen in a long time. Mike Buschetti, uh for, <laughs> Mike's Mike, say again. Oh, I love Artie Lang show. And Artie's a good dude too, man. So I just I was I was blasting. I was doing just a media blitz, man. And um and Friday Friday first show, um when I showed up it was it, there was a line, so I was like okay that's always a good sign to to a weekend and then uh and you know I had to, also doing doing uh New York City because I do it like once sometimes twice a year but usually at least one time a year it's usually um the the latter part of the holiday season or the early part of the new year and I like doing New York also because that's that's a great way to start off the new year. And to sort of present the material you've been honing and working on for for the last year, and obviously I was doing. You have your greatest hits, you know. I have my greatest hit jokes as well, but I know that um, for me, creatively, I wanted to do you know some some new material. So so I'd say it was probably like fifty fifty. And then uh, when Saturday, when I got there Saturday, got to the club, I walked in. And dude, there was a line going out the door. It's and it was cold out. You know, we were in the midst of a polar vortex. That new jargon, which which God forbid, it could just be winter. It has to be some new terminology. Yeah, there's a polar vortex arriving from the north. And so, um, so I didn't ex- honestly. You don't expect when it's cold out for people to really come out. But um, yeah, I showed up and I uh, saw that line. And uh, as I'm walking in. I hear my man Cyrus, who works uh, at the front uh, front door, uh, he takes a phone call, and I hear him say, well, the uh, the 8 o'clock sold out, and if you want tickets for the 10 o'clock, you better buy them quickly because that's about to sell out, too. And I was sold. That, that made me freeze in my tracks. I was like, what? I was like, we sold out. This is wonderful. This is awesome. And, man, it was just, it was a great night. Uh, the family came out. Uh, my dad, I know, is there in spirit. My mom's was there, you know, uh, sister, brother-in-law, you know, wife, obviously. And, and just all my friends, man. A lot of friends uh, and family came out to support. And then New York City came out to support. So I want to send a big shout-out to the entire uh, New York City, uh, New Jersey, Connecticut, massive for, for coming out and showing a brother a lot of love. Mike, you actually... It just hit me. You came to the show. Actually, Joseph came to the show. Joseph uh, Vesey, uh, sometimes co-host, came out. And he, uh, because I think he was preparing to submit a tape to a new agent for, for college work. So he asked me um, if, he, if he could get on on Saturday night. I think uh, Friday night. Friday night, a friend of mine, Ayanna Dukey, she she got some burn because I always here's my thing if 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 I can give somebody an opportunity to get on in a club why not because I know that you know people like uh like specifically um um uh, Keith Robinson Keith was always good about 
if he was in a club. Keith is like, Keith is the youngest granddaddy <laughs> of comedy out here because Keith, anytime someone new is coming up and, and he wants to look out, he's like, listen, stupid, just show up at Caroline's and I'll make sure you meet uh, Louis Ferranda. Uh, I want to introduce you because I think you should work the club. And so... Now I do what I can to make sure I can help catch get on. And so uh, um, so Dookie, she asked for a spot. And then uh, Vessi asked for a spot because he doesn't work at uh, Gotham often or at all. And I said, hey, man, I, I have no problem introducing you to, um, to Chris Mazzilli, who, who runs the club and, and owns a club and does a great job uh, with the club. And so um, he came out on Saturday and, and had a guest spot. Now, I wanted to know what happened because... Do you do you mind me? Am I putting you on the spot? Oh, yeah. So here's let me set it up, right? I'm watching. I'm watching. This was it was the second show or the third show. It was the third show. So it's the it's the late show. You guys got there towards the latter part of the second show. You saw the end of the of the ten o'clock or ten ten thirty show, and Joseph and Michael come in. Uh, they're chilling in the back, and then Joe goes on at the beginning of the third show and I'm not paying attention. And next thing I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, I look up and I see, and let me explain to y'all. Mike is the, the nicest, most gentle giant. I've never, Mike has a, he always has a smile on his face. So imagine the nice, imagine Buddha. You know how you go to a Chinese restaurant and you see Buddha and he has his arms in the air like you ready to tickle him? Imagine Buddha that you always see smiling, and you you happen to glance over, and and Buddha looks like he's ready to 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 put them things up and and have have some damage done to somebody. That's what happened. I looked up and I saw you, Mike, and you were you. I mean, you the the vein in in your in your temple was was popping out, and you were. So what happened? The bouncer. I I I saw you and the bouncer. Uh, get it, and also just so you know, the the bouncer um, who actually is Lisa Lampanelli's uh, husband, sweet sweet fella. So I was actually you two are like these big nice guys, and I saw you going at it. So I was like, what the hell? What happened? He had a bad night. There was a fight earlier. Okay, okay. And he w wasn't in the mood. Okay, now was it because he asked you to take your hat off? Uh huh. He didn't know you were just some some dude standing in the way. Okay, cause that yeah man that was <laughs> it was just, and and then it was funny as Joseph's on stage and not knowing. <laughs> he said so he said dude he's like you have to do this dude and I can see Bessie saying he was like dude honestly you have to you have to do that when when I get on stage I mean you can. You couldn't, you couldn't, <laughs> I mean, honestly, Michael, you, could, you couldn't wait until uh, Dean was on because Dean's in the club. You wait for me to. <laughs> oh, shoot. And I'm sure, and you know what? I'm sure the club uh, didn't have a problem with, with, uh, with Vessie. It sounded like he did a good, good job. I just, I, and they were apologizing. Okay. Okay. Because yeah, like I said, what are the, they, the, like, this is the club. People always ask, all right, what club? Yeah, it, it gets hectic. 
and it, and is and there's a lot of foot traffic going in the you know the servers and, and whatnot. So it just chalk it up to it was it was one of those moments in time, man. But I'm glad everything uh, everything got pieced out. So that's how the that's how the year began, right? So then also at the end of um at the end of at the end of last year, um what what I I had uh, gone up to Arsenio Hall. I had gone up to Arsenio Hall, man, and... Uh, oh, you know what? Before I even get into that, right? Let me also send a shout-out, man, because um, we just hit the two-year anniversary of uh, of some of our comrades, our fallen comrades. You know, um, you know, rest in peace to the memory and legacy of, of our brothers. Todd Lynn, very funny brother. Go, go on YouTube or ComedyCentral.com and check him out. Patrice O'Neill... Funny brother, you most of you probably if you listen to podcasts, if you listen to comedy podcasts, you know who Patrice is. Todd, you might have to search for. Um, and then we also just lost, uh, I think less than two weeks ago, funny, funny young man by the name of uh James Hanna. James Hanna, we all came up together. Hannah and I, we met, I think, in 1994. He came to my college with um with Damon Williams. And damn, I don't remember a, a couple of comics from Chicago, and I had been gigging maybe two years at that point. And he was just real cool, real cordial. And then fast forward a year, and we both were taping Def Comedy Jam together in November '95. And 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 Hannah was a comics comic. Hannah was a dude that, as a comic, if you were standing in the back of the room, or if you were on stage and he was in the club, he would actually stand and watch you. And then come come to you immediately with some tags. Most people, and this is for the layperson and any comics that are out there that are listening. Most comics, just so you know, FYI, do not like for you to come at them afterwards saying, "Hey, man, you know what you could add to your little skit?" This is the first. Let me break that in two. The 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 average person that's not in comedy. <laughs> this is a running gag amongst comics that they will come up to you after your show. They just enjoyed you. They come smiling. They might be with their with their girlfriend, wife, lady, whomever, or just their friends. They're like, man, you were funny as hell. Hey, man, you know what? I got this joke. You know, here, here you, you want to hear it? I, no, nobody. Honestly, if if somebody just... I mean, I, and I hope that doesn't sound as arrogant as it probably does, but nobody wants to hear... Your joke after they just came after they just slayed, they want to just get their victory lap on and chill and prepare for the next set or decompress and do whatever. Whether they drink, whether they they talk to women, whether they go back to the hotel and beat their meat, whatever they do, whatever their their vices, like to go go to the bar and get their Shirley Temple on. Can I just say that uh you know R. I. P. to Shirley Temple, but uh my my other new drink is pineapple juice. Mixed with ginger ale. That's that's a. I, I used to do Shirley Temples all the time. That was actually in my rider. Now it's pineapple juice and ginger ale. Oh, it's it's so refreshing. So, huh? It's not an LA thing. You know, at one time, uh, I think Sean, who's a bartender at Stand Up New York, black dude, good looking, model looking dude, Sean, real cool cat, said to me one time because he knew I always uh, drank Shirley Temples. He's like, "Hey man, I got something for you. I think you're gonna like this." And this is this 
it's, it tastes like something that they bottle because it's such a thirst quencher, you know? So um, anyway, I digress. That's an aside. So anyway, uh, hey, that's one thing that people do. Hey, hey man, you want to you hear this little skit? Add this to your little skit. You know how offensive and insulting that is that what I just painted a tapestry on stage, a, a br brilliant piece of performance art, and you minimize it by calling it your little skit. And they always do their fingers like they're casting a magic spell. You know, you could add this to your, to you, you, you picture Woody Allen when he first started. Yeah, maybe you could, uh, you could add, add this to your little skit. So, um, so, so that's offensive, but. They do. There you go. They don't know the protocol, man. The protocol states: I just came off stage. I just destroyed. Or maybe, maybe you bombed. If you bombed, let let him bomb in peace. Don't come over and say, you know what you should have done. No, don't tell me what I should have done. Let me figure it out. That's a comedy. Stand up comedy is 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 a lone wolf. I mean, if you if I want a partner, I will do sketch, you know, and I have no problem against sketch. But it's one mic, one mouth, one man or woman on stage. I don't, I don't want I don't want any. Uh, I don't want the lay person give me constructive criticism. Hey, you know what you should what I, you think you should have looked at the audience a little more with your little skit. Could you look at the audience to connect? You know, Simon Cowell on, on both American Idol and X Factor. He always says, yeah, you have to connect with the audience. So you got to look at me more. I wanted to feel you, but you looked down when you delivered. Connect. <laughs> you know, so that's the one thing. But then if you're a comic, don't. If you're a comic, you know, you should know the protocol, but... You know, you're newer, so you may not. No, no, I've had I've had new guys come up to me, and and I'm one of the polite ones. I'm one of the nice ones, uh, but I've gotten very comfortable ever since the uh, incident that we discussed a couple of episodes ago uh, with with the feature wanting to sh take a shower in my hotel room. Uh, I'm very I'm very comfortable saying no, man. I had someone I had a comic say to me the other day. Uh, she she says. Uh, so I, I, can't, I was hanging out with uh, Mark Theobald, a buddy of mine. We go to a comedy club. Mark's on stage. I'm sitting in the, uh, in the back of the room. She comes over and she says, yeah, you know what? Um, I'm going to need you. I need, she didn't even ask. She said, you know what? Uh, this one comic and I shot something, but uh, the sound was messed up. So I, I, I might need you to uh, you know, record this voiceover for him. So, I, you know, I'm sort of caught off guard. I'm like, oh, what, when? She's like, you know, um, well, are y'all, that's what it was. She said, are y'all, do y'all have to leave quickly after the show? I said, I don't, but you know what? I knew that there might be something that I didn't feel like doing. So I was like, oh, you know what? Mark drove, so I'm not sure. Why? Because I, I might need you to, I might need you, <laughs> I might need you to record this vo voiceover. What do you mean you might need? You know you want me to do it. But then if you want me to do it, there's a way to ask. But she bogarted me, which bugged me. She said, yeah, I'm going to need you to. So I was like, well, why do you need me to do it? If if he did it, have him do it. Because he's hard to track down in his schedule. I'm like, well, so you're saying I'm just readily available? I have a schedule, you know. Um, You want to add me to your little skit? You know, so... Uh, so, 
she said, all right, well, let me go look look for the material. And I sat there, and the more, you know, it's funny, I sat there, and I thought about it, and the more I thought about it, the more I thought about the shower. And the more I thought about the shower, the more I thought about me saying, you know what, just get comfortable saying no. So I called over, I said, hey, come here, please. She's like, yeah. I said, I don't, I don't want to do it. Uh, I'm going to have to pass. And she, but... Now, because I just cut it off quickly, she got real quick. Like, okay, okay, that's, that's fine. And I'm like, well, why are you even putting me in the position where I'm now almost feeling uncomfortable telling you no? You know, there's a way to ask. You skip the protocol on how to ask me properly. So I have no problem saying no. I'm getting better, people. This is, this is what Oprah would call an aha moment. Thank you. Good, good job, Dean. Good job. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> so don't critique, don't, if you critique me, give me constructive criticism, but not right after the show and, and be friends with me. You know, like if, if like Mark, I just, if Mark Theobald says, ah, you know what, uh, you know what, if you, if, you, if you do this, it would help. Then I'm like, okay, well, that's my man. Cause I, I punch up his jokes. He punches up mine. I shine, you shine, you know, but if you're just some Johnny come lately cat, I don't know from Adam and you you've you've always wanted to do comedy but never had the uh had the balls to do it don't now try to live vicariously through me on stage and and you know offer me advice i've i've been doing this a little while i kind of I kind of got this. And that's not to say I'm being arrogant. I'm speaking from the perspective of most comics. Most comics do not want you to punch them up. So back to my original point. See, I'm getting better at landing the plane, mic. My original point was James Hanna would sit in the back of the room and then come up and give you tags and help you punch up jokes. And he was one of the few people that I can think of um, in my entire uh, career uh, that... I've never seen somebody get offended when he did that because usually if he was giving you a tag, it was a good tag. It was a great tag, you know. And one one thing I noticed when uh, when he passed, and sadly, what was sad about him passing was uh, he was tweeting the the day before. I think it happened the day was it the day after the Super Bowl, maybe. So he was he was tweeting right the the night before, or maybe the week after the Super Bowl. One of those. Uh, yeah, it was a week after the Super Bowl because I was in I was in uh, Toledo, and that Sunday he was tweeting. And then Monday morning when I was flying flying to Toledo, uh, the first post I saw that said it was um, the Godmother Godmother of Comedy uh, Tina Graham um, that a lot of people know was one of the uh, talent execs or talent scouts for Def Comedy Jam for years. And uh, and she it said R.I.P. James Hanna. I was like, what? I was like, Hanna was just just tweeting. Funny, you know, and then he had a, he had a uh, a Facebook blog called uh, Truth Paste or a vlog called Truth Paste, where he would just, he always he never had a problem calling people out on their horse crap, you know, and I always uh, always appreciate him and and he he wrote on a, a bunch of different uh, comedy sh- uh, sitcoms and wrote for a bunch of comics, man. So you know, it's uh. As we enter 2014, that's what I'm calling it, hashtag 2014, uh, as, we, as we're now, you know, at the end, nearing the end of the second month, man, comics that are listening, or just the, the, the average person, man, be, be healthy, man. It's not about even making a New Year's resolution. Just take care of yourself. You know, I'm not exactly sure what happened. I, I, I heard he might have had, a, uh, had some sort of heart problems or what have you, but um, they said he just collapsed, you know, and, and 
yeah, Patrice and, and Todd uh, had complications with diabetes. So, man, if you're out there and you're listening, make sure you go get checked. You know, I actually just scheduled um, Maya, or my wife did, my my uh, annual checkup because I'm like, hey man, you you get as you as we get wiser in our years, um, you got to take care of the take care of the vehicle, man. You bring your car in to get an oil change, so make sure you go in and get a get an oil change and just make sure things are working uh, properly. I hope I didn't make the mood somber, man. But it's um you know I just want people to know you gotta you gotta stay healthy out here. You know what I mean? So with that said. You know what? Should I save the Arsenio for the next episode, man? Because we, we uh, yeah, let's save it for the next episode. Listen, man, next episode is going to be wonderful because I'm going to tell y'all how, uh, how, how I got Arsenio Hall and how I stood up the audience, man. This, this episode is short, but don't worry. I'm going to shortchange y'all. I hope I gave you some things, uh, some, some laughs and some, some insight into the the comedy game and the protocol that you deal with on a daily basis, man. This is your man, Dean Edwards. Make sure we are now, for those who've been asking, um, especially on Twitter, uh, we are now, we're on iTunes. As I said, uh, our network, we're down with the All Things Comedy crew, allthingscomedy.com. You can check my show out. Check out my man, Vessie's uh, The Call Back. Um, not on All Things Comedy yet, but we're hoping to get him on there. Um, also, uh, you know, follow a brother, follow me and uh, tag me, tweet me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Dean Edwards because that's who I am. Um, and hey, subscribe, like, tell a friend about the podcast. Big shout out to um, to Malibu Kelly, who always, uh, who actually, I just, this is real quick. I, I was hanging out. Um, we went to see uh, Damon Wayans at, at West, I think it's called like the West, West Side Connection. There's a comedy club that Neil Brennan hosts every Sunday out in L.A. And, um, and I was hanging out with my buddy Sydney. Uh, at Sydney is funny. You can follow him. Sydney Castillo, and we went to watch Damon Wayans perform. And uh, then outside, this this young lady said, "She's like, are you on tonight?" I was like, "Oh no," um, but I I said, "You see me?" She's like, "No, I just I've heard you in a bunch of podcasts. You're really funny." And I didn't realize there was a community of people that listened to comedy podcasts, man. I it it enlightened and opened my eyes to to all the people that listen to podcasts, man. So uh I appreciate it. She she actually said on uh Twitter she was like she enjoyed the uh the podcast and and had some she she had some notes to add to my little skit and I was just like but no I, but I but I don't mind because she actually her her introducing me or, or saying to me, you know what, I've heard you on a bunch of co- podcasts and I like it, um, made me say, oh, you know what, I don't mind her. She's obviously a connoisseur of many podcasts, so I don't mind somebody that has listened to me on numerous ones saying, oh, you know what you could do? Maybe you should maybe you should stay on topic. Or Not that she said that, but I know I know I bounce around a lot, man. So, um, yo, uh, shout out to Malibu Kelly, uh, Kelsap, whichever. Uh, and we'll see y'all, or we'll hear y'all, or you'll hear us next week on the next episode of the Father Muckin' Protocol, baby. <laughs>